0: Oh, Lord, thank you for, uh, just again, Lord, how wonderful you are, and Lord, may we just be those who pause and think upon your majesty and and uh, get glimpses, Lord, of, of who you are, and as we study your word, we, we ask that we would be those who um, see how wonderful your plan is and how much your love extended to us, and and Lord, even in those hard things that we discuss, um, that we would trust you, Holy Spirit, to teach us and guide us into all things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so um, let's read Mark twelve eighteen through 27. Um, and we kind of looked at this last week, but we're going we're gonna to just flesh it out a little bit more this week. So, um, oh, God bless you. <laughs> Anybody willing or would like to read that, please go for it. If not, I'll wait until awkward silence and then I'll read it.
1: <laughs> the hour goes by. No, nope. <laughs> Then the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us. if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother now there were seven brothers the first one married and died without leaving any children the second one married the widow but he also died leaving no child it was the same with the third in fact none of the seven left any children last of all the woman died too at the resurrection Whose wife will she be, since the seven were all married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken.
0: <laughs> that version, you are badly... Of, the ESV says, you are quite wrong. but You are badly mistaken. Okay. Uh, so we kind of looked, and there was some supplemental information for you. We kind of looked at, there's the Sadducees. So we looked at them last week. When we go a little further, we'll look at the scribes. Uh, but again, the, 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 uh, the Sadducees denied the resurrection. Um, and he he confronts this because they're asking him kind of questions that have to do with the resurrection, although they deny the resurrection. So that's an interesting thing that we um any what's the first observation if anybody has maybe when you hear this scripture? Well the second I, I thought
1: hmm, I wonder if that's where Joseph Smith got the multiple wives and being sealed to many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Maybe not,
0: not with not correct.
1: a correct interpretation, but gets written here, it says so, so.
2: That might be cool, it may not, maybe it may not be multiple wives, it's multiple husbands.
0: Well, I think originally it was one bride for seven husbands, but then it became seven brides for seven husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
2: I've seen women, but they needed four husbands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs>
0: I this part. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. it's like when the fourth one comes along and and all the other ones are dead. You're like, mm, uh. <laughs> so this
3: is almost like a logic puzzle in a way. I mean, oh, you presented it almost as, uh, as a logic.
0: Puzzle, I know that you was know. exciting.
3: You got all of these moving parts. Now, what's the right answer? You know?
0: Okay. Um, Again, they were trying to catch him in something, right? Um, because, and they were trying to catch him in what he believed uh, when it comes to the, the resurrection. They're like, oh, well, if there's a resurrection, this will get him, right? And he kind of didn't do that. <laughs> so what's your first thoughts, uh, some of you, um, when you read Mark twelve twenty five 25, uh, that says... Um, for when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Is that right? It's all right. It's a loved Bible now. There's, yeah. There's not coffee in it, then I haven't been reading it. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, what's your first thoughts? So anybody's reactions or to that?
3: Underneath the Bible too. Well, I mean, I was. I was reading the current issue of Lutheran Witness, which is all about eternal life. Right. And it makes the point in there a couple of times that we will not be angels when we go to heaven. Right. So, and that's one observation, I guess you'd say. Now, he says, our given in marriage are like angels in heaven.
0: So we're not going to be in diapers with a harp on a cloud, is what you're saying? Uh, apparently not. Okay. And Sorry. Man, that was
1: really going I know some of you
0: about got up and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get into the
1: trouble. Don't you just get dragged around
0: a bow and arrow with
1: little heart shaped
0: Some would say, heavens, whatever you want it to be, but no. <laughs> Okay, I'm really this. so, so <laughs> he relates the relationship of angels that neither Mary are given in marriage to how we will be, um, not that we'll be like as them, but we'll be like them, um, so around, grazing, as far as the relationship, yeah, yeah. Um, Some people, there's some people who love the scripture, whoo, I'm not going to be married in heaven. There's other people that go, I don't know how that works. I don't understand how um, that works. Again, when you look at at how we're described as the church of being the bride of Christ and the bridegroom being Jesus, there's still marriage in heaven. It's just not how we define it on earth. And we know in Ephesians chapter five, Paul gives us a great picture of how marriage shows us the relationship between Christ and the church. Uh, but still, I don't know about you. Um I, I read things like this and I do understand how that's all gonna work. Um you know it just doesn't doesn't make um earthly sense to me, but I know that it's gonna be fine. Yes.
2: Well I was just gonna say uh... We could always go back a couple months and uh, go to the time continuum over there. But I was going to say that marriage and and concepts like that, I don't know that, uh, I mean, just because we have them on earth doesn't mean in in eternity. uh, It's going to be upside down. I mean.
0: Well, and and we need to realize that a lot of what God has given us on earth are to foreshadow and kind of explain a little more on, on a smaller scale, obviously, of what the kingdom of heaven is like.
2: I was thinking of like money, power, uh, authority, uh, anger—the things we've talked about over there. The thing we do a, a pretty miserable job of managing that in our flesh. It's, if the Lord's not leaving you, it's probably an area you could improve.
0: Yeah. Now, remember, the Sadducees were um, a religious party that was um, very powerful. Most of them were uh, high class. They were those who tr- worked hand in hand with the government to try to make sure that what the Jews did was, you know, I'll scratch the back of the government. They scratch ours. We'll make sure everything's OK. They were above the common person. Um, and so, you know, it, it, we realize that the Pharisees, though, as as wrong as they were at times, um you know they were the the touchable religious leaders of of the jews and so it would be like uh you know they were like like almost pastors they were able to go and people could talk to them sadducees kind of walked around a little bit differently and that wasn't their role wasn't practical ministry wasn't day-to-day living it was how do we keep politically everything in line and you, you know uh, you know maintain budgets and all that good stuff uh made, and so uh, that's how the system was set up. Uh, so in what way does Jesus confront the wrong doctrine of the Sadducees, and why is this important to the work and ministry of Jesus? So let's start into that first one. What way does he confront the wrong doctrine of the Sadducees?
2: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear in that section that there's
0: an <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Whether well, they believe it or not, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know what's what's what about the Old Testament. I mean, that's where those Sadducees were coming from. Mm-hmm. Is there is there documentation in the Old Testament of <coughs> heaven? Y-
0: yes, they would say it's the it's the the return of the Messiah and the coming to establish his kingdom on earth, and that would be their the Sadducees' version of. Kingdom on Earth. Of Kingdom on Earth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it was, uh, uh, although we know that the Pharisees preached the resurrection from the dead um, because uh, they saw it in the Old Testament, and, uh, you know, we see Mary and Martha both say, well, I know that, that it's going to happen in the resurrection.
2: Well, anyway, so. it's pretty clear right
0: there. Okay. So yeah, the good observation. There, there's is life after this, right? Something beyond this earth. What else?
3: Well, so he goes. Jesus goes back to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and basically says, "Well, they're alive. I mean, right. They're not dead. They're
0: alive. Right. So he, that that's that's really one of the main ways he's confronting them because is to say. God is the God of the living and not the dead, and he references their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as alive. Um, and if there's no resurrection from the dead, then there would be no life for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
2: He gives them a pretty good gift, too. It says um, that uh, my, my, my Bible says you're greatly mistaken. It's almost a, a, a kind rebuke. I mean, basically, you're a Sadducee. You think you're right. Uh, He's instructed, you're greatly wrong, and he quotes the scriptures about the God of, the God's God of the living, not the dead. I mean, I'm, I'm in awe that they didn't grasp that, uh, that uh, they didn't understand the beginning of the, the bush. I mean, what would be more yeah, I, I fundamental I, than that? But I,
0: but I think it's very similar to us. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is, is that um, we very, very often use our intellect To try to understand the mysteries of God and those things that don't make sense on an earthly plane, we kind of discount because we can't explain them. Um, And so I think that a lot of times uh, we we fall into that same mode uh, and, and even where, oh, yeah, we acknowledge there's heaven, we acknowledge that there's spiritual warfare, all this stuff. But practically, we don't live that way. Um, And again, because it's hard concepts, it's easier. I'd rather just go, well, let me just see what's in front of me and I could address that, right? Instead of thinking, because now we get into really some unknown territory. Jesus gives us some insight to this unknown territory because he has the authority on it. So why is it important, though, um, as Harold pointed out, that Jesus calls Abraham, Isaac, and and. Jacob alive why is that important to the ministry of Jesus
3: beyond what's already been said I mean he's talking about a resurrection of course he's talking about raising from the dead Mm -hmm. rising from the dead Mm -hmm.
0: Well, would what you say that that is the point of Jesus ministry is that there's life in him and that there's only true life. Um, and that comes to your point, Harold, from the resurrection. And that, and I think, again, it's one of those things where, um, if we look at, uh, Jesus saying your sins are forgiven because he cared about life eternally for someone. And then, then him saying, well, so you guys will believe, get up and rise. So it's kind of like, hey, the, the son of man must be crucified to, because the shedding of blood is necessary for the remission of sins. But to add credibility and efficacy to the cross, I'm going to rise from the dead because then you can see that that's really where only life is. And so we kind of see these pictures that Jesus paints over and over again of the importance of his resurre- of his death and resurrection. Uh, and so we see this continually uh, and so I think it's fun to kind of look for those little, those little glimpses where it's like, oh, I see this correlation here. Because um, the God of the living are only alive because of the resurrection, to Harold's point. Uh, someone read twelve twenty-eight through 34, please.
1: most important. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, and the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, said teacher, the man said, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbors as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions.
0: I like this of 32. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm telling Jesus that he's right. That's really kind of him. <laughs> So when we look at the scribes, uh, which is the teachers of the law, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's okay to tell Jesus, eh, yeah, you're right, Jesus, okay. <laughs> He'll be like, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but the scribes in ancient Israel were these guys who were learned men who their business was really to study the law. So if you're kind of looking at who's the authority on how the law is read, you'd look to someone like Ezra, who was a teacher well-versed in the law of Moses. So they were the ones who were responsible for transcribing it. Um, They were the ones that were responsible for interpreting legal ramifications based upon the law. Um, Again, they took their jobs very seriously. Uh, They would copy and recopy the Bible meticulously, even counting letters and spaces to ensure the copies was correct. So um, there's a couple of things just on a, a side note. Every Jewish character has a number attached to it. Um, and so um, I think D is four if I remember right uh, and so if they were to take um, yeah it's four the the, the the name David is 14 characters total when you add all the characters up and what they're meaning and that's why you see Matthews uh, talk about 14 generations 14 generations 14 generations would have been a reference to David that's a side note So they would take the line and they would add up not only the words, the letters, but then the the, the numerical value of the letter. And if it didn't add up, I should go this way. (laughs) And if it didn't add up, they would um, throw it away and start over. Uh, and sometimes they would wait till they got to the bottom of the page because every page had to have this, the right number of characters, not only words, letters, but numeric value. Each page was assigned. Each line was assigned. That's how meticulous they were. But what's great about that on a side note, another side note from a side note, so anyway, mm-hmm. is that that is one of the practices that has given great validity to the translation of the Bible is because of how meticulous they were. And that's why it's hard for anybody to really poke holes in the, the, the preservation of the Bible because of the practice um, that, that the scribes did. So we were indebted to the scribes um, for many, many reasons. But again, they took it seriously. Um, they preserved the Old Testament portions for our Bible. So when you read the Old Testament, Rick, thank you, scribes. You did a good job for us. Um, so again, Jews became increasingly known for the people of the book. Uh, I think I've shared with this you before. When my son-in-law found out I was gonna uh, be a Lutheran, he's like, "Oh, those are those are Bible thumpers." I'm like, "Okay, so." <laughs> Uh, never what I would have uh, labeled yeah. a Lutheran, but the reality is one of the solas that we looked at last again, in Reformation was, was sola scriptura. So it is the word of God alone. And so that's the reputation I, I'm hoping we have, right? We defer to the word. What does God's word say? And where I can't clearly understand it, even though I can speculate, I don't hold to the speculation. I hold to what I can clearly understand. Um, so... We should be people of the book because they were faithful study of Scripture. We see that in the people of Berea in the New Testament, um, in the book of Acts. They were called Bereans because in Berea, um, they studied the Scripture to see what the apostles were saying was true. Uh, And so in Berea, and that's why you might hear some pastors or references, be a good Berean. It's like, okay, (laughs) I don't even like Berets. But anyway, so... um, uh, uh, that's where I go with that. In the New Testament era, scribes were often associated with the Pharisees, um, although not all Pharisees were scribes. So some scribes were Pharisees, not all Pharisees were scribes. Um, they were teachers of the people. That would make sense. We understand the word. We understand uh, the, how the letter of the law. They were interpreters of the law. So similar to um, what we would say, if I can, without make being negative in connotation, to, to lawyers. They knew the law. So um, A guy David Hunter who helped us with the taxes with the church and whatnot and whatnot, he gets excited about tax law. I'm like, that's not normal. (laughs) I mean you know, most of the time when he'd come to, to to share some stuff with me there was 10 minutes of him oh and then this just came out i think it was 2010 and he just he goes so and i have no idea what he's talking about i'm like but i'm glad people there are people like that who get excited about parasites right <laughs> and don't share too much knowledge with us because we probably all freak out we yeah we probably like no i don't want to know <laughs> like how many bugs are on us right now never mind don't tell us that um so anyway, they were widely respected. He's like, you really don't want to know. but uh, uh, Because of their dedication, right? Uh, so the scribes went beyond interpretation of Scripture ever and added many man-made traditions. That's where we get a problem in, with. So when you add to God's Word, you become a legalist. Um, when you take away from God's Word, you become liberal. Um, and when it comes to God, God's Word, you know, you become liberal in your faith um, as far as in, in the context of religion. I don't want to, you know, I know we have a midterm coming up so I don't I'm not talking <laughs> politics here I'm talking I'm talking faith and how we practice our faith was
2: so there anything in the bible that there's parasites in
0: it? <laughs> you can't set me up like that <laughs> well we all have the hope that we're going so <laughs> I, they
3: probably cool.
2: don't play golf there
0: either. So well, here's not the, not the not thing. Not if there are the parasites, are parasites in, in, heaven, in heaven, everything will be perfect. So they'll have a perfect function. will we you got a perfect uh, parasite? Yeah. I mean, the question is, will there be will there be mosquitoes in heaven? Well, if they are, they are, are gnats. No, 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 no. As gnats, they won't bother us. That's all I know. So we'll be like, oh, hey, a mosquito. No, so. <laughs> I'm not high-fiving a mosquito. I'm going to
1: have to.
0: No, but this is, again, just back to the last passage. You know. That, why the Sadducees denied the resurrection because they're like that didn't make, I don't understand how that's all going to work you know I know heaven's going to be good I can tell you that much so uh, and we will not be disappointed uh, and uh, so anyway um, but they were professionals at spelling out the letter of the law while ignoring the spirit behind it I don't know if we know anybody like that um, but this is very easy to do in Christian circles legalism is very very much more the tendency of Christians than, than, uh, freedom and liberty. Uh, and the reason is we are people who thrive in rules and regulations. We are people who thrive in knowing that we have done something correct. And we're people who thrive in knowing that we're right. So if I can just make a list, a, a, well, a good Christian does this, a good Christian does this, a good, by the way, a good Christian is kind of a a lame term. Yeah. Uh, so just so you know. <laughs> but you know, I've used it. Oh, that person, if they got saved would be a great, would be a great Christian. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but I, I, I'm confessing I've used that term before and it's silly. Um, so, But it's easier for us to have checklists. Now I think there are seasons in our lives where checklists are important, where order is important with our Christian life. We need some spiritual disciplines in our lives. But if we make that the mark, of whether or not we're, we're holy or not or whether or not we're saved or not or whether or not we're a Christian or not we have missed the spirit of the law and strictly gone to the letter of the law which again is, is easy for us to do uh, oh yeah you need a little towel on your arm don't forget to tip the waiter before you leave that was a
1: so I'm thinking Lake's going, yeah, oh. good way. <laughs> <laughs> did,
0: did you save before, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, we did that the other day, uh, yeah, Lake had no power for a whole day, so he was here working on some stuff, um, even though he couldn't log into his work, because anyway, and so, you know, we're talking, all of a sudden the power goes off here, it was that real wind? well, windy day, I mean, pick, pick one, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it's the day we had some snow, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Thursday, maybe Wednesday. I don't. Yeah, I think it was Wednesday. But anyway, they went beyond scripture, and this led to many confrontations with Jesus. And what's interesting when you read Marks, so he goes, "Okay, so some sad Jews came up to him, and then a scribe came up to him, and then no one's asked him questions anymore." I mean, it's it's Mark is so just. And then this happened, this happened, and now they don't ask him questions. So um, again, uh, uh, sermon on the mount, Jesus shocked the audience, and especially the scribes, um, that the that the righteousness of the scribes was not enough. To get to heaven and the scribes would have taken a little a little bit of offense because they were the ones who kept the, the law a large portion of jesus sermon there on the mount dealt with what many people had, had been taught and so um uh so toward the end of jesus uh, ministry he really he really thoroughly and, and we see this more when he's talking to pharisees but again um, um if he's talking to the pharisees some of them were scribes so that would have been appropriate he thoroughly condemned them for their hypocrisy Uh, And and it's not one of the the, the, uh, the, the judgments from the outside to the church. Oh, you're full of a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, well, uh, yeah, because we can't live up to the standard. So we say one thing, and often we don't do that. Or we say this is the standard that Jesus said, and then we fail. And people don't look at the forgiveness. They look at, oh, you failed, so you really don't believe what you... It's like, okay, you know, whatever. But... um, (laughs) Even though they knew the law, that's another thing about the scribes—they taught it to other people. They did not obey it, um, and again, we see this very clear in in um, many situations throughout history. Um, and so, people say, "Do the, do." What's the famous phrase of many parents? You will never use this, I'm sure, but, but uh, do as I say, not as I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that to your kids, because they're like, you said, you said what? I saw you do this. That's the end of it. Um, I'm just trying to help you better than me. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. So the scribes, again, their original aim, I think, was in earnest. And I think, again, uh, we, we always have the tendency to, to say, oh, those religious leaders, how dare they? We, we need to realize that they are a great picture of our tendency, our tendency is to, how can, we, how can we, you know, to the strategies, how can we work the system and how can we deal with what we know what's in front of us with the scribes and the Pharisees? How can we just be right? How can we just, well, this is what it says, um, and, then, and then we don't do it. So I think that um, it's very easy to point our fingers at them, but at the same time, we need to realize that they're a very great picture of the tr- struggle we have um, in this world, um, in this life of Christianity. Uh, and so again, we don't want, we want to exalt God's word, but we want to know the spirit of the law, um, behind the letter of the law. And and that's very important because if it was just the letter of the law, most of us would be failing miserably, <laughs> yeah. um, and so fortunately, we look to Jesus. yeah uh, So, uh, what's the greatest takeaway from uh, from Mark twelve twenty eight through thirty four? What do you think? Besides this guy helping us know that Jesus was right.
3: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> well, the the. The two tables of the Ten Commandments: mm-hmm. Love God, love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself.
2: You know, I was wondering on uh, the, the, uh, the the guy that asked that he you know we saw that Jesus answered. Also, asked him the are of the greatest commandments. I, I'm, I'm assuming he's you know, the hero of Israel, the Lord, the God is one God. He's he's uh, saying, well, you, you've spoken rightly. There's only one God, and you're not it. Basically, what he's saying to Jesus is he's not acknowledging the deity of Christ at that particular point. He says, you've answered well. You know, you're right. And it's almost like a challenge, but uh, that just shows to me uh, in in my scholarly way how easy it is to be a (coughs) moron looking at an answer, Christ or whatever it is, there is an answer there, but you are unwilling to see it, receive it or act upon it, and I've been there.
0: Yeah. So we see the greatest commandment, right, is definitely Jesus uh, reaffirming that there is only one God. Um, And even we see how, what does Jesus recognize um, in this man is he says, okay, you're right, there's no other gods besides God. And to love him with all your heart, he, he affirms those things. But then he says, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And this, I think, is what Jesus comments in verse 34. Because everything else is just repeating what Jesus already said. You know, and he's like, you're right, this. But then he adds to it in, in a positive way. <laughs> it says, you know, our, that, that this is now again, the letter of the law would have said, burnt sacrifices. That's what's important, that you sacrifice the way that's prescribed, that you do it the way that you need to. But um, if he would have said that, then he would just be like the religious leaders in Isaiah chapter one, where Jesus says, you're doing, or well, God says to the prophet, you're doing everything right, but you praise me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. He goes, please quit sacrificing because those sacrifices are a stench to my nostrils because they were doing the letter of the law not the spirit of the law. And so they're, they were far from him. This guy kind of goes a little and goes, hey, I get what you're saying. Because to love God and to love your neighbor is even more important than offerings and sacrifices. Although we see the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And so we see that a real sacrifice then as a New Testament believer is a life that is lived unto God for God and for others um, is kind of how we can look at that. But then he says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Um, And then, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So what do you take away from that verse (laughs) to the guy? You are not far from the kingdom of God. I mean,
3: did he actually recognize who Jesus was? I don't think he did.
0: Mm-mm. I wouldn't say. I mean, at this point in time, no, Mike doesn't he didn't say recognize that.
3: Recognize that Jesus was God. Mm-hmm.
0: But Jesus said, "You're close. Yeah, <laughs> close. You're close." <laughs> no cigar, though. Right. Well, not yet. Anyway, you know,
3: close.
2: Close. You need tiddlywinks,
0: <laughs> right. hand grenades. Uh, <laughs>
2: On the bright side over there, as uh, Paul came over there, uh, this guy does have a heart of understanding. I wonder, uh, in the book of Acts, as the Holy Spirit's given, I wonder w- what this guy decides to do. Does he come or not come? He oh, understands. Right. It'll, it would be interesting to mm-hmm. find out in the portals of glory uh, what his what decision <laughs> uh, was. Yeah. Pardon, yeah. Well, all know in name. They... Yeah. I'm hoping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I think that, that we kind of covered a, a little bit is that what he recognizes is that God and God alone is more important than what we do as far as sacrifices and offerings. Um, that, and again, James is one of those, a great example. He goes, I'll show you my faith by my works. You know, How do you love your neighbor? Uh, because there's a lot of people who say, well, there's one God. But yet they ignore their neighbor. Right? They, they, they understand, well, this is what, you know, and, and a lot of times stand, and we struggle with this, so I don't want to just point fingers, but a lot of denominations and, and religious uh, sects just stand in judgment. We have it right, everyone else is wrong. Um, and I mean, to some degree, we know Jesus is right. He's the only way to salvation. And we believe that God's word is inspired, the inerrant word of God that is given. It was written, it was not written to us. It was written for us, right? So when we look at, it was written to, you know, Israel, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, it was written to the Moabites at this point in time. But what, what can we take out from it that we can learn from it um, because of that and so um, is is it personal do things speak to us absolutely so we look at this and we go this is what we hold as true but if we stand and ignore things like what jesus said love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself now i think if we Again, if we do the first one, this is the, the great old thing. If we do the first one, we're going to love others as ourselves. I mean, if we really can get the first one, um, that's the challenge, right? How do we love the Lord with everything? <laughs> You know, when you guys figure it out, write a book and let us all know, right? I appreciate that. So um, give us the 12 steps to following Jesus with your whole heart. So like, uh-oh. Somebody
3: might have written
0: that one. Yeah, I'm sure they have, and I'm sure it makes everyone feel horrible. Exactly. Okay. Uh, hey, let's move on. Mark twelve thirty-five through 40.
3: Jesus taught in the temple. He said, how can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, in the Holy Spirit, declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put my enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, Beware the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at peace, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation.
0: Okay. (laughs) What is the main point you think Jesus is making?
3: Point?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's more than that, but that's why I said, do you think he's making
1: <laughs> Well, the guys are walking around long roads and pretending that they know God and everything, they're just putting on airs. Okay. And he doesn't like that. They're not showing with their heart the love. Right. They're just putting on airs and making the everything come to them as the prophet. Okay. They're profiting from it
2: look like to me that uh, the flip side of the question we're asking trying to uh, not trick questions but complex questions that that where they can trap it over here where where David is the son of uh, uh, David says that by the spirit uh, calls Christ his son Uh, it seems to me like David's flipping the whole uh, thing on him, saying answer this question how is that possible and uh, the scribes and the Pharisees should probably have an answer, but I I think that may uh, it might have been a little beyond him. This is the people gladly heard it because they didn't give an answer.
3: Yeah you know what is that yeah and the great throng hurt him gladly. That's another one of those just sort of sentences stuck there, you know.
0: hmm What Jesus is claiming that he's God in this. I mean, he's he's referencing David, but he said he said, but David calls the son of God my Lord. So how can David have a son if he calls him Lord? I mean, how does that work? Um, And so they would have understood that Christ is usurping and greater fulfillment than what the scribes had been saying. Right? They, they would have, and again, you need to realize that Jesus was, um, which is why people struggle with Old Testament versus New Testament, because Jesus was very tangible, very touchable, very likable um, to most people. <laughs> uh, but to the commoner. I mean, he was among the people. He, he loved hanging out with them. Uh, and, and he cared for them. In a way that the scribes and the Pharisees didn't, and so again, if everyone is waiting for the the the, the, the Messiah to come, um, then <clears throat> here he is, and so he kind of he kind of <laughs> gives this this little nod to scripture they would have known and said. So the scribes are saying that it can't be this way, but I'm telling you, why would David say that? And I think they would have. Um, they would have gotten a, a, a better understanding and gone, oh, so you're him. Now, why they, the great throng heard it gladly, I think um, maybe we can see a little bit in the next section that we read uh, that the scribes were suppressive. They wanted the best seats in the synagogue. They wanted people to look at them because of their long prayers. They wanted all these, this attention um, of outward acts. And Jesus kind of goes past them. Um, and so I could see them going, all right. Uh, you know, and you look at um, oppressive systems and the attraction of the rebel in that system. Right. There's always there's always people that are attracted to that person who bucks the system if the system seems oppressive. Um, And it's a human history thing. Uh, And again, uh, this isn't like, oh, I'm gonna be like Jesus and rebel against everything. Uh, But Jesus was considered a rebel at this time. And people were anxious and willing and looking to get out from under um, the spiritual oppression that they were in. And again, they're looking for the Messiah. Um, And how is it that, you know, have you ever been there that you get some information that people who are smart, smarter than you don't have? (laughs) And you're like, ha ha ha. You know, (laughs) I know something you don't know, you know? Uh, And so I I wonder if that plays into it too here, you know, Hey, we're learning something that the scribes haven't even taught us. How great is this? Uh, So I don't know. uh, But whatever it was, the message of Christ was received, heard, and and gave people inspiration and hope. At least know, at this, before they started telling crucify him, but that's a whole difference.
2: How do you view, uh, uh, from your perspective on particularly the last one, it says, who uh, devour widows' houses for a many long prayers, they will receive a greater combination. If you're a commoner and you're living in an oppressive thing, and it sounds, hey, there's not a freebie here. You know, we're There's going to be an accountability. I'm reading here, there might be an accountability. If you're a commoner and... You know, your neighbor's yep. house got stolen or your aunt's or grandma's house was taken by the scribes or the Pharisees, uh, I could see where the people, uh, hey, hey, there's a day coming, baby.
0: Okay. So, as a segue, what are some ways that we can find ourselves struggling with the sin of the scribes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve, you brought it up. <laughs>
1: I think the, to me, it kind of speaks to that common sense Says, like, you know, be neither be either hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. Um, it's kind of like it's most of all the condemnation is to those who are hypocrites who say they're believers and who say they do things, but then they don't. Mm-hmm. I think those he's saying, like, those um, face greater judgment than those who, like, just outright reject it
0: mm-hmm. altogether. I think the scribes, too, used God's word as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we know God's word, you don't. This is what it says, so you have to do this. Um, and, and I think that, that we do that um, unintentionally as a fortress mentality. Sometimes it's so I don't have to deal with people. It, you know, well, they're just this. <laughs> you know, God's word says this, so nanner, nanner, nanner. I'm going to heaven, you're not. I mean, I we would never say it that way. Yeah. Uh, but but I think sometimes sometimes that's, that's kind of our heart. I mean, it's, to me, that's a defense mechanism because I get tired of, of the fight of, of the world. I get tired of people rejecting Jesus. And so sometimes I go, well, you know, at least I'm in Christ. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's not God's heart, right? Um, but, it, you know, and all of us like our egos stroked, whether we say we don't or not. Um, you know, what, what's the person that makes you laugh the most? Well, me anyway, is the person that has to tell you how humble they are, <laughs> you know? And I've been around people like, you know, I'm so humble. I've, I mean, I've, I've heard him say that. <laughs> I'm like... Well, I do not. Th- nice. I want to quote Princess Bride. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. So, um, and so you know, we look at this and we go. You know, again, the scribes were earnest in what they were doing. We at times can be very earnest in what we're doing, but we have to guard ourselves and go. Am I looking down upon others? Where Paul again, you know, in, in Romans twelve, uh, present your body as living sacrifice. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And we said, well, more highly than I ought. Well, let me think about that. <laughs> well, let's let's compare yourself to Jesus Christ. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm pretty low then, right? Uh, and so we just hold on to that. Um, and what's interesting in in the hot or cold thing is that, uh, uh, well, I won't get into that. But it's a fun little study to look at what the people of Laodicea would have understood. Uh, what that meant at the time still a very similar outcome but uh basically be used for christ either be refreshment or be a healing salve of a washing bath or something like that Uh, don't be just useless in the middle so let's pray lord thank you again uh thanks for the joy we have Uh, lord we thank you that um you cut through the the rules and the regulations of of uh religious oppression lord and you bring us the freedom that is found in you that the spirit behind the law and you give us your very spirit lord it's not so we can um do whatever we want but lord so we can enjoy life in you and so we thank you for that Uh, bless the rest of our time today we thank you uh for those who are here and pray for those who are not feeling well and not able to be here in jesus name